Welcome to the Growing in Grace podcast, where you can listen in on some casual conversation about the good news of Jesus without all of the inconsistent religious double talk. If you've ever struggled with feelings of hopelessness, guilt, and despair, or wondered if you're really right with God, it's time to discover the true freedom that comes with the gospel of unlimited and overflowing grace. Hey there, once again for the Growing in Grace podcast, I'm Mike Kapler, along with the Breeze Man, Joel Brzezicki. We're glad you're along with us. Thank you for telling a friend that we are here, growingingrace.org. Now, I know you can access the program through a number of different means these days, but one place where you can find all of the past archived programs, of course, is growingingrace.org. How you doing, Joel? Yes, that's kind of the central location for everything. You'll find links to other things. Uh, I think there's a link to your your website for your book. Uh, there's a link to my other websites and other things that I do. So growingingrace.org, the place to find all of the past podcasts, including uh, this, uh, all the ones in this Hebrews series that we're doing. Uh, just a few weeks ago, we, did, we celebrated 15 years of doing our podcast, and we spent three weeks uh, just reminiscing and talking about some of our favorite things that we've talked about. So uh, check that out. Growingingrace.org, again, the place for all of that. So, um... Hebrews, again, one of our favorite books, if not our favorite book in the Bible. So much rich uh, information to be found here, that, and it's not just information. This is stuff that can radically transform a believer's life if you can appropriate what is talked about here. And what I'm getting at is that in the church, a big chunk of teaching in the church is performance-based it's performance-based acceptance. You've got to perform to a certain level in order to be accepted by God. You've got to perform to maintain your salvation. You, you know, there's got to be some level of performance. Um, otherwise, are you really a Christian? Well, this book, it shows how the performance and the promise and everything was all on God. God himself. He's the one that made the oath. He's the one that made the promise. He's the one that sent Jesus Christ. Jesus is the one who offered himself, and all of our sins were taken away because of that. And Jesus, the one with the endless life, he is the one who was our high priest, according to the order of Melchizedek, like we've been talking about uh, last week. But what I'm trying to get at is that this, especially these chapters that we're getting into here, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, it shows... <laughs> the assurance that we have in Jesus Christ and how we have no assurance when we put it on ourselves. So let's uh, continue talking here about Hebrews 7 and 8 and wherever we get to here. Yeah, the, the sacrifice is, is all about what Jesus did for us. It's, it's not by what we do. It's not by our own hand. No matter how much time you spend in prayer uh, or Bible time or church time, or trying not to sin, or whatever it is. I mean, the, the, those are just nothing, okay? I mean, those are nothing compared to what is being focused on here in the book of Hebrews with what Jesus did. You know, people have this idea, Joel, I think a lot of church people have this false idea that it's what we do that makes God love us. What, what, what I'm doing, how well I'm doing, uh, what I'm not doing, you know, they think that their standing and their relationship with God is based upon their behavior, and it's just false. It's a, it's a false mentality. We kind of left off here in the middle of Hebrews chapter 7 where we were talking about Mel. Mel, <laughs> you can call him Mr. Kizadek, if you'd like. Mel Kizadek. <laughs> Wasn't he on Alice? Well, 
<laughs> and, he, and he says, now, if perfection, because the requirement God has, because he is perfect and he is holy, if perfection, that's the goal for humankind, and if that perfection is found through the Levitical priesthood, starting with Aaron and many other high priests thereafter, if, that is tr- if that's how we're going to get there, through the law, then why would there be another priest designated that would, would need to arise according to the order of this Melchizedek and not according to the order of Aaron, the priesthood and the law? And that's where he goes on to say the priesthood changed. That means the law also had to change because the one concerning whom these things are spoken, meaning Jesus Christ, he belonged to another tribe. He didn't come from the Levites, and the law appointed priests through the tribe of the Levites, the Levitical tribe. That was the priest. That's how it happened. The law appointed them. Jesus wasn't part of that tribe. We have a whole different priesthood going on here, which means it's going to be a whole different law. Uh, It's going to be the law of the spirit of life found in Christ Jesus based upon a law of faith not a law of commandments and works and dietary restrictions and animal sacrifices, none of that. And so Jesus, in verse 14 of chapter 7, descended from the tribe of Judah, where Moses and the law said nothing concerning priests. And this is clearer still if another priest arises according to the likeness of Melchizedek, who has become such not uh, on the basis of a law of physical requirement, but according to the power of an indestructible life. So Jesus, it was declared by God, you are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. And it goes on here in verse 18. On the one hand, there is a setting aside or an annulment of a former commandment because of its weakness and uselessness. For the And I get this now, the law made nothing perfect. What did we just say when we started reading this passage? Perfection was the requirement, yet the law makes nothing perfect. And yet you have churches telling people, well, we need to try to keep certain aspects of the law. You'll be spitting into the wind and riding on a treadmill there because you're, you're going to go nowhere with that. And so the law made nothing perfect. And on the other hand, there is a bringing in of a better hope through which we draw near to God. This is the new covenant we're talking about. And as inasmuch as it was not without an oath, for the priests became priests without an oath, they were appointed by the law, verse 21, the Lord has sworn he will not change his mind, you are a priest forever. This is all pointing to Jesus Christ. So verse 22, and then I'll let you take over here, Joel, because there's so much to say here. Verse 22, so much the more also, this is the NASB version here, so much the more also, Jesus has become the guarantee of a better covenant. He's the assurance of a better covenant. And guess what? That better covenant that the writer will continue talking about here for the next few chapters, it replaced an old covenant that is obsolete and could make nothing perfect. We have a new priest, new priesthood. We need a new law. We've got to throw away the old one. The old one had to be completely thrown out. We don't keep pieces. Uh, we don't leave 10 or 15 commandments left over or apply ho- however we see fit some of those old commandments from the old covenant. They're gone. They're set aside. Uh, they came to an end. Yes. And you, know, you talked about the better covenant. I, I, of course, use my computer Bible when I when we do the podcast on my uh, paperback Bible. I've got that word highlighted because it appears several times in the book of Hebrews. So this really is good news. It's a better hope that we have. It's a better covenant, better promises, better sacrifices, better. Everything about it is better. (laughs) And it does away with the old 
covenant, like these verses that we're talking about say here. Jesus has become a surety of a better covenant. On the one hand, it says in verse 18, there is the annulling of the former commandments. Talking about the law because of its weakness and unprofitableness, that really makes some people cringe. Like you were saying, in the church today, people think that we need to keep at least some aspects of the law, but here it says it was weak and unprofitable. And the reason for that was because it made nothing perfect, like you were bringing out there. The standard was perfection. The law could not do that. Something else was needed. God himself foreordained that he would provide the very thing that was needed. He would bring the better hope, the better covenant, everything that's better. He would bring it himself. Under the old covenant, it was weak and unprofitable because people could not keep it. And so this new covenant, why we have surety in this, why we have hope, why we have assurance, is because Jesus himself is the sacrifice, is because God himself is the one who made the promise, and it's all dependent upon that and not on our performance. And so verse 23, and there were many priests because they were prevented by death from continuing. <laughs> so, so under this old covenant, it's amazing what death will do to you. It makes, it makes you, you can't be a priest anymore <laughs> because you died. But he, Jesus, because he continues forever, has an unchangeable priesthood. The word immutable appears in some versions, and unchangeable, it mean, uh, immutable means unchangeable. Therefore, he is able to save to the uttermost, to the uttermost, those who come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. I think the New American says he is able to save forever those who draw near to God through him. Either way, it's a good thing. It's far more than what we could do for ourselves. A, you know, um, he can save to the uttermost those who come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. For such a high priest was fitting for us, who is holy, undefiled, separate from sinners, and has become higher than the heavens. That's a phrase I haven't, I don't think I've ever really highlighted before. He became higher than the heavens, who does not need daily. So this, again, is the difference between those priests, the Levite priests, and Jesus. The mortal men, those Levite priests, they were prevented by death from continuing. They needed daily, so it says Jesus did not need daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifices, first for his own sins and then for the people's. See, they had to do that. They had to offer up sacrifices for themselves and for the people. Jesus didn't have to do that. For this he did once for all when he offered up himself. For the law appoints as high priests men who have weakness, but the word of the oath, what oath? God's oath. He swore by himself, since he could swear by nobody greater than himself. But the word of the oath which came after the law appoints the son who has been perfected forever. Whew, there's a lot said there. It's it's so it's 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 just amazing this new covenant what God went through to give us this new covenant. Um, notice that last verse of the chapter that you just read. The law appoints men as high priests who are weak. They're weak, just like the law, weak and useless. But the word of the oath, which came, wh wh when did this happen? When did Jesus, when was he appointed the high priest? After the law. 
Okay. <laughs> We've talked many times on our program about how you cannot break up the law. You couldn't just take out big chunks of it and say, well, this doesn't apply, this doesn't apply, but this does. Um, God wouldn't allow for that. It was an entire package that all came together, the Ten Commandments in stone, all of the laws, 613 rules, they all came together, and they all had to end together. So Jesus became high priest through the word of the oath, which came after the law, after it was set aside, after it was made obsolete. And he became a, a son made perfect forever. So there, there's so much here. And you, you covered some, some of it there, Joel, with Jesus offering himself up one time. The contrast here, we didn't really point this out, even though we were going through it. But the contrast here, going from um, the, the old to the new, the old way of doing things to the new way, the old covenant versus the new. And, and that, that's another one, the, the many sacrifices, the many priests compared to the one priest, the one sacrifice. It's, it's a constant thing throughout the book of Hebrews, the, these contrasts that take place comparing an inferior way to a more superior way. And so we've got, we got more to talk about here because, I mean, this, this is heating up. And uh, I'm telling you, Hebrews 8, this is great. What, what we just went through is fantastic. Some of it you've probably never even heard before, but we're going to get into more of it uh, in chapters 8, 9, and 10 and, and beyond as we continue in our series with the book of Hebrews here on the Growing in Grace podcast. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski, heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. Access past programs by visiting growingingrace.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.